Welcome to Section Hiking the Appalachian Trail. I am your host, John Eskelson, and I'm grateful you've taken the time to listen to this podcast today. For those who want to see pictures from these adventures, please check us out on Instagram. You can find me at Section Hiking the Appalachian Trail at uh, section underscore hiking underscore the underscore AT and on Twitter at Eskelson John which is E-S-K-E-L-S-E-N-J-O-N. If you have any comments or questions you'd like to share, please share your thoughts with me as well. I look forward to hearing them. Now on with the show. For those of you who have listened to other episodes, you've heard me describe the section between Harper's Ferry and Linden, Virginia as a less than ideal hike. In reality, it isn't super hard, but it is a challenge. The failure to properly plan led to mistakes that could have been easily avoided. First, I underestimated the challenge of the roller coaster. The roller coaster is a roughly 13 mile section of the AT where you have a continuous number of small climbs and descents. Second, I'm ashamed to admit that when I prepped for this hike, I compared myself and the guys I hike with, with a guy at work who had done this part of the trail earlier. He is much shorter and more robust than I am, and he had scheduled five days for the hike, but was able to do it in four. In my arrogance, I thought if this guy could do it in four, we could do it in three. Now, we did hike it in three days. From a mileage standpoint, the distance wasn't that long. It was only 44 miles, but there were a combination of factors that led to it being harder than we thought it was. But we'll get to that soon enough. Let's get an overview of the trail in this section. We started off in Harper's Ferry where we left off. We crossed the bridge towards Loudoun Heights, the opposite side of the Potomac River from where we came down out of Maryland and climbed up to the top of the heights. From there, we hiked along the ridge, went past the David Lesser shelter to the Blackburn Trail Center, spent the night. The next day, we kept going past the West Virginia line into Virginia to Bear's Den and then began the roller coaster. We camped at the top of Piney Ridge, near the end of the roller coaster. I had hoped we would have gotten to Rod Hollow Shelter at the end of the roller coaster, but didn't quite make it. The next day, we finished the roller coaster through Ashby Gap, climbed up Sky Mountain State Park, stopped at Whiskey Hollow Shelter for snacks and water, and finished at Manassas Gap, just before one crosses I-66 in Northern Virginia. Ryan... Our other friend Carrie and I parked a car up at Harper's Ferry Visitor Center. As I mentioned previously, if you have a parks pass, it's free to park there. If not, get one. It's $85 a year for most people, or you can pay $20 per car to enter into the Visitor Center. For veterans like myself, these National Parks Passes are free with something that indicates you are a veteran. We took the shuttle down to Harper's Ferry. We hiked from the bus terminal downtown towards Virginia, crossing the West Virginia 340 bridge on the left-hand side. Across the bridge, there was a staircase that took us down below and under the road onto the trail, and there we, we began to climb. It looks steep from a distance, but when you're on it, it wasn't that hard of a climb. We were able to move steadily to the top of the trail. Near the top of Loudoun Heights, we saw a side trail that took us toward a viewpoint to see back towards Harper's Ferry and Weaverton Heights on the Maryland side. We decided to hike towards it, 
but it turned out it was more like two miles away. And while it was a pleasant day, uh, we went towards the overlook, but it seemed to us like it was further and further away from the AT. And we were uncertain whether or when we'd actually make it to the overlook. After a mile and a half, we decided to break and then turn, turn around. We worked our way back, taking another side trail back to the Appalachian Trail. It was a pre-existing trail that hadn't been used all that much and was mostly overgrown, although you could see it as you're hiking along it. We got ourselves back onto the main Appalachian Trail and cruised along it. Once you get to the top of Loudoun Heights, it's pretty flattish for six miles until you get to the Tower Access Road. After about mile 6.5, you, you cross the West Virginia Highway 9 at Keys Gap. Of all the road crossings I've done so far, this was the freakiest. It's a blind corner and drivers didn't slow down for us as we moved expeditiously, I'm, I'll add, along our way. We passed the turnoff for the David Lesser sh Shelter, about mile marker 1017 from Springer Mountain which we would have otherwise stayed at. We were hiking towards the Blackburn Trail Center, where we were going to meet up with Alex, who had to work and couldn't start with us that morning. The lesser shelter appears to be pretty nice though, with a sturdy looking uh, facility that sleeps about six, five tent sites, a bare pole and a privy. Water is about four tenths of a mile down the hill, which is similar to the, to the Blackburn Center, but it's nice enough. We kept on about three more miles to mile marker 1013, and there's two trails that will take you off the mountain to the Blackburn Trail Center. I wasn't sure what to expect, but what happens is you climb down off the ridge and come into a camping area just above the center. From there, you can climb down a few other tenths of a mile to the center itself. The Blackburn Center is owned by the Potomac Appalachian Trail Club, or PAC-C. It's uh, described on its website uh, as primarily designed to support long-distance hikers, trail crews, Potomac Appalachian Trail Club planning meetings, and training seminars. It's also a venue used for special events, apparently weddings, um, and it's really quite beautiful. It's 150 acres large and backs up to the Appalachian Trail. The Blackburn Center can accommodate about 80 people for a day event and has indoor lodging space for about 30 people. Uh, there's also room for 30 tent spaces at the campground that we are staying at. If you wanted to stay at the tent spaces as we did, and you drive there as Alex did, then there's a special trailhead parking at the center, and it's marked. There's a four-person hiker's cabin available to on a first-come, first-served basis year-round, but is limited to one-night stays. For my money, we would have pushed further on that day, except we needed a good place to meet up with Alex, and the Blackburn Center had water. It made sense for us. And it was a good place to camp. There were a few other hikers there that night, and we enjoyed it. The next morning, we got up, ate, prepped for the day, and headed out early. We moved out a few miles to mile marker 1,009 and a half. You see a sign that says, Welcome to the roller coaster, 13.5 miles of hills and hikes, essentially warning you about what's going to be, what you're going to be experiencing for the next several hours. There is a uh, sand spring to the north, which is a good water spring source and a rock field to the south. And for you northbounders looking to do the four mile four state challenge, don't be fooled by the fact that you cross into West Virginia here. Keep going. You leave and come back again at mile marker 1023.7 further up. 
The roller coaster is a string of 10 hills, which forces you to rise and descend rapidly, approximately three to 400 feet up and then down again. There's a lot of criticism about these puds or pointless ups and downs, but the trail is narrow in this area and trail crews have very limited places to build the trail. I was trying to figure out how to approach the topic of the roller coaster. In some parts of the Appalachian Trail world, it has taken on a mythical quality almost. Most accounts of this part of the trail are, is that it's simply drudgery to get through, that the short ups and downs are something to be endured and not really enjoyed. One website considers the roller coaster to be the third most challenging section of the entire AT. I still have a lot of trail to go before I could make that determination, and it was a far more challenging piece of terrain than I understood. In fact, one of the biggest challenges with this portion of the trail, uh, starting in Harpers Ferry and ending at Linden, Virginia, is that one gets the impression that the hardest parts will be at the beginning and the end. This led me to believe that the two climbs and descents on the endpoints would be the most significant portions of the trail, discounting all the little bumps in the middle. I'll say for those heading northbound that the climb out of Linden is actually quite steep and tricky. But in reality, those 10 little puds in the middle, the ones I did not consider to be all that significant were in fact the ball game. In the year 2021, my failure to use the resources we have to research this was an oversight that I chalk up to my pride. Again, I knew a bunch of people who have done it, so it can't be that hard. There's even a Washington Post article on the subject of the roller coaster asking the hard-hitting question of whether there are too many people on this portion of the trail. Okay, I've gone on this about more than enough, really. We pushed over Crescent Rock at mile marker 1008.9. There's a stream a half mile further with another stream a half mile after that. At 1006.2, you hit Snickers Gap which AWOL's guide tells us has some hiker-friendly housing and food places nearby. We pushed on and stopped at Bear's Den for lunch. The overlook is at mile marker 1005.6. It was sunny and warm, and we may, well, we did, linger too long at that place. In fact, it was easy to stay there and hang out with friends. Of note, Bear's Den has a hostel just east of the overlook, which is popular with thru-hikers, as it specifically is there to cater to them. This also means it's pretty cheap to stay there as well. We moved on south on the trail, uh, walking past Sprout Run. There are a few streams over the next couple miles, and at mile marker 1002.6, we hiked past the Sam Moore Shelter. Sam Moore Sleep 6 has a privy, a bear pole, and a spring in front of the shelter and to the left of it. We popped up over Tomline Hill, then over Buzzard Hill, Reservoir Hollow and Ashby Hollow. I'm using the names now, but I didn't know any of them at the time. It's starting to get late in the day around Reservoir Hollow when we saw several folks on the trail looking to get back to Bear's Den. We wished them luck and then moved forward up Piney Ridge, where we stopped because it had gotten dark. I had wanted to get to Rod's Hollow Shelter, but by Piney Ridge we had been over 15 miles and we were pretty pooped out. On the crest of Piney Ridge, we found a campsite and prepared our second night out. Here is the second thing that happened specifically on this trip that came about due to my carelessness. I made my meal, which I had found on backcountryfoodie.com. It was a Parmesan noodle dish that at the end of it, you add an ounce of olive oil. I found my olive oil vial 
and poured it into my meal and mixed it in, only to realize at my first bite that I had added an ounce of concentrated Dr. Bronner's soap to my meal. For those of you unfamiliar with Dr. Bronner's soap, it's great and able to be used for a variety of cleaning purposes, including brushing one's teeth. But every application only takes drops. You have to wash your pot, a few drops. Your hands, a few drops. Brush your teeth, a few drops. But one ounce of undiluted soap was way too much. I just couldn't do it. And because I pack only what I need, I didn't have an extra meal. Formerly Carrie, who wasn't so finicky about his weight, on his pack weight, I should say, he did have an extra meal, and I'm grateful for it, and I ate it. It was some mountain house chicken meal, and it actually tasted pretty good. So with my tummy finally full and my mouth fully washed out, I got into bed, and we all slept heavily that night. All right, the third day. So here's the thing. We hadn't gone as far as we could have because we needed a place where we could pick up Alex on the first day. And we were too tired to get all the way through the roller coaster to Rod Hollow Shelter. The maps say we only had 18 miles to go, but when all was said and done, it was over 19, closer to 20 the next day. This was difficult for us section hikers. But we got up and moved out, traversing Bolden Hollow and getting ourselves out of the roller coaster. We passed by the Rod Hollow Shelter at mile marker 995.3 which sleeps eight, has a privy and a bear pole. I believe we got water there too. The trail is pretty flat for the next three miles as we move to Ashby Gap and the road crossing at Virginia 601. It's a big four lane highway and there was, there was uh, Martin waiting there for our merry band to pick him up and to hike with us for the rest of the day. We climbed up to the top of the next big hill, which leads to Sky Meadows State Park and my mile marker 989.6. In the sunshine and in the warm fall weather, it was really lovely. We walked through fields with yellow and pink and white flowers. It was really beautiful all around. The trail flattens at the top of the mountain and dips before you get to Whiskey Hollow Shelter at mile marker 987, which we stopped at to fill up with water and where I ate the last of my food. Now, running out of food is not something that I normally do. I always have too much, but in my efforts to economize, I underestimated what I needed to eat this time. Another planning error. There are a few more small ups and downs as you go through G. Richard Thompson Wildlife Management Area. You climb up 400 feet out of whiskey, uh, the whiskey shelter, and then down a few hundred, and then up and down until we got to Manassas Gap Shelter at mile marker 982.7. From there, it is all the way down to the parking lot. We didn't stop at Manassas Gap, but I can see why northbounders would stop there. It is at the top of a significant climb coming out of Linden, Virginia. Uh, and depending upon whether you're climbing up it or climbing down it, it's about a hundred, uh, it's, sorry, it's about a thousand feet in elevation change and two and a half miles. As we finished our hike, we literally laid down in the grass and on the picnic tables and just rested in the parking lot in the gravel to catch our breaths, to rest our weary bodies and legs. As I may have mentioned, we had hiked nearly 20 miles that last day and we were pooped. After everyone got themselves together, 
we went to a local restaurant in Linden called the Apple House. It's got great sandwiches, chips, fries, and other high-calorie delectables. Uh, at, and then we took everybody home. The Apple House is the kind of place where a lot of people stop by. They sell uh, these apple cider donuts that my wife has me pick up every time I go past there. It's just really good. So what did I learn? So the first lesson is to make sure you know where you put your oil versus where you put your soap. Man, that was gross. Second, orient yourself better to water. Um, where we stopped wasn't quite right in terms of water, uh, getting water for this trip, but it wasn't bad. Then last, make sure you know what those little bumps in the middle of the terrain map are and whether they'll be difficult to climb or not. Boy, did I underestimate uh, the roller coaster. But it was a good trip all in all, and I'm excited to uh, move on this year to additional climbs. If you want, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast, and let me know what you think. And tell people about this podcast. I'd love to hear from you and however you want to reach out. Thank you and have a great hike.